Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is oh so terrible, and that's okay. I'm Hillary. And I'm Megan. And today, uh, we are covering um, part two of our Bo Burnham Inside special, but in this part, we're going to go more into detail about parasocial relationships and yeah. the examination of our relationship with celebrity. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'm going to start this off with a question to you. Like, what is your relationship to celebrities? Because I have a very specific relationship to celebrities that is not like other people's. All right. Um, so I have, like, met a handful of people who are marginally famous in the sense that, like, uh, I, do not, I do not waste my time meeting any celebrity who I'm not already an absurd fan of. Uh, so I've met Killian Murphy. I've met Bo Burnham. I met, um, okay, technically I did not meet Dylan Baker, but I once was friends with somebody who was friends with his daughter and he dropped her off for a lunch. So I saw him and then for 45 minutes afterwards, I went, why do I know that man? And then the rest of the group went, oh, uh, you know, this person's dad is famous. And then I went, was your dad the lizard in spider-man and she goes yeah but he wasn't like the lizard yet and i was like (laughs) (laughs) i like had a moment i was like i've seen the chris rock one like i was like fucking flipping out i was like 16 um but other than that i don't think i've met uh a lot of celebrities i basically basically just me i met billy joe armstrong when he was in uh, american idiot on broadway um every celebrity i've ever met has been after a show or a musical or a concert yeah, which is a really normal relationship to have with celebrity, I think. Yeah. Um, and also the experience you described with the lunch is such a typical New York City teen experience. Oh my <laughs> like, god, it was a, it was a lot. Um, that because that's the only celebrity I've ever seen. Like I saw John Lithgow when Hillary and I went to Shakespeare in the Park, and I think um I treated him less like a human and more like a large giant Santa Claus that's into cosplaying Third Rock from the Sun characters. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's hear about your relationship to celebrity, because you've met significantly more famous people than I have. Just because of the circumstances of my career trajectory? I don't know, dog. So I have, I lead a very celebrity-averse life. I, I, pre- I pretend I do not see it. I do not know you. I very much, I like, I have such an aversion to meeting celebrities. I don't know why. Um, I've been to a lot of concerts. I've experienced a lot of like people up close. I used to work in nonprofit theater. I've seen a lot of actors. I've seen a lot of and every time it is like, I pretend you do not exist. You pretend I do not exist. I once did a line through with Lily Rabe. She is very nice. It was not, it was like talking to a regular person. Yeah. Cause, okay. So I think I completely forgot this, but like, okay. So some of the people that I knew are now famous. I've I've had that as well. I you you went to a performing arts high school. I went to a performing arts high school, and now we know we know people who are now famous. Yeah, they were not famous when I knew them. No, or like um. So we were in children's theater, and our director was singer songwriter Ingrid Michaelson. Um, we 
like hung out. We're not, we didn't hung out, hang out with her. We were like 16 and she was like in her mid to late we, 20s. We kind of hung out with her. Like, On we, occasion. We, we've but been like, in her car. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's driven us home because she like used to live nearby uh, where we were. But she is like significantly more famous now. And like we have hung out with her maybe like like right after she started getting big. Um, we went to go see her in 2019 for like her um, holiday hop. Um, didn't even acknowledge me. Jason Mraz did make eye contact with me, guys, though. So, um, technically, we may be getting married soon. I'm not sure how legal bigamy is in the state of New Jersey, but we will look into it. Maybe me and Jason Mraz will just get married in the state of New York. Um, I, I don't know how your husband's (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that's a very good way to transition into parasocial relationships. Just because Jason Mraz locked eyes with me doesn't mean anything. Okay, so... The way I understand parasocial relationships, because a lot of the fandoms I've been involved in have been creator-based. Not yes. like not like the um, the property that a creator makes, but that the creator themselves is directly related to the property that they make. For example, yes. musicians, comedians, like um, YouTube creators, things yes. like that, mm-hmm. where their persona is intrinsically linked to the art that they make. Yes. And I don't, I have always gravitated toward this. I don't know why. I think as a creator myself, I relate to that because I put a lot of myself into the work that I make. Yes. Um, and you see a lot of, so a lot of what you see in creator based media, because they have to sell a personality, for example, um, where I'm going to use, uh, like email. As an example, emo became big at the time that the internet was really starting to take off as an interactive tool. Yeah. There was MySpace, there was LiveJournal, there were ways, this was the first time where you could directly interact with your favorite creator all the Mm -hmm. time. Exactly. Twitter became a thing in like 2000, like... Eight, I think, 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Tumblr became a thing in, like, 2009, 2010, you know, and, like, a lot of creators were getting on it, you know? Yeah, like, those platforms were filled with um, not just creators, celebrities as a whole flocked to those platforms. Celebrities as a whole. Um, and people... Because pe- because celebrity, the nature of celebrity and that form of celebrity is to put a version of yourself out there, yes. you know, to make yourself available to people because it further promotes your brand or like it makes you more money, essentially. Or maybe mm. you're an artistic type and you are just an oversharer, which a lot of these people are. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, your fans... Like, there's, like, this thing called... Megan and I have discussed this before. The A lot of people don't know where the term stan comes from. Which, okay, to be <laughs> honest... All right, so I am this person. I'm going to tell you this story because I am this person. I went, Hillary, what's a stan? And then I... Like, it took some. It took a while, but there's a song that was released. I, the fact that I'm describing yeah, I, this feels like I am very old. But I anyway, explained, I explained this to her. Yeah, yeah she told like Hillary told me about Eminem's stand song, and I'm like, oh yeah, the one with Dido, and they're he's, they're like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, but wait, doesn't he kill himself and his pregnant girlfriend <laughs> because Eminem yes. wouldn't respond to him? Somehow standing anybody here, guys. Like somehow this was this part of the song was not 
like derived in the fan definition of Stan. Somehow it got cut off at the oh I I'm in love with you. I think we should be together part. Yeah, and, yeah. Like left out the last like 45 seconds of the song. <laughs> because the thing is is that is that when you fall in love with a celebrity, when you fall in love with a personality, the idea of a human that you think you know but you do not know because because living on the internet is performative. There is oh. not an aspect of living on, uh, like living on the internet that isn't is real and un and un uh, unedited. I think I think a lot of uh, live streaming now is all about that idea of being in the moment, existing in the moment, seeing a creator in the way they exist as is. But uh, I also don't think that helps to facilitate a healthy relationship with regards to your followers. In fact, live streaming has created this idea that you as a follow, as a creator can communicate with your fan base directly you, as yes. in post. Yeah, no, you, I think, I think live streaming is really bad. And um, there are many reasons why. I think the notion of the live stream, the Periscope, the Twitch, mm-hmm. this sort of thing, this sort of directly interactive platform is bad. I think their needs in order for in order for the mental health of the creator and in order to establish proper boundaries yeah so that art can be art can exist as art yeah as opposed to like this blurring of lines between the art and the creator um and i also this I also think that, I'm just going to say it, I also think live streaming is incredibly intention-seeking. And, like, I think it's, like, really, like, it's really weird and, like, egotistical. I 100% agree. Mostly because of the performative aspect. I think that, I think that there's a difference between uh, live streaming, like, let's say, um, you know, you decide to, I'm trying to even think about what would be an appropriate situation in which, breaking news! There it is, guys. We found okay. it. That's live streaming. Well, breaking news or um, a live stream that would normally be like a TED Talk or something like that. A TED Talk, like a concert, a comedian setup, even you know, like a like a late night show. Like I've watched, um, I've watched live streams between like where my favorite creator is in conversation with somebody and they're speaking on a specific topic. Yes. Like that is that is something that interests me because that is not like you like I don't know futzing around in your morning routine which is not something that interests me, you know, because I have my own morning routine, I don't care about yours. Like <laughs> I think that we though as adults have reached this conclu- like, like when I was younger, I definitely did have a parasocial relationship and I definitely did oh, have it. Oh, me too. God. I had it with a lot of different celebrity. Uh, Bo Burnham being probably on the top Three. I'd say Bo Burnham, Killian Murphy, and uh, I'm trying well, to think. Well, Bo Burnham, and that's a perfect transition point because Bo Burnham was our age. Yes. Bo Burnham was he wasn't like a lot of the a lot of the people that I had a crush on and I admired were like ten to fifteen years older than me, and I yeah. recognized that they were fully grown adults. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Bo was, like, 18, 19 years old when we were 18, 19 years old. Exactly. And so it's much easier to develop a parasocial relationship with someone in your own age group because, like, for me, I was feeding myself these lies, like, oh, he'll think I'm funny, like, I will meet him, it will be great. And, like, you create these expectations and ideas of what it would be like to meet this celebrity. And I did meet him, and he was nice. Um, He signed my copy of uh, his first comedy special that he did for Comedy Central. And, um... I 
like it was nice. It, he was fine. Like he wasn't mean. He was like he was like he like everyone kind of hung out in the High Line. They were like, "You got to leave. We have another show coming." And Bo came out anyway. And it was like legitimately a very nice thing that he did. Um, and I'm very happy that I have that experience. And I'm super happy that I have a picture and I have a signature. And it makes me happy. Hillary got me a signed copy of Words, 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 and it's nice. Like I think, I think as an adult, I can acknowledge that I was not. Um, I was not, I didn't have a healthy relationship with regards to my relationship to him as a person, but I think as an adult, I can acknowledge that I do appreciate his work. I like what he does. Um, I actually sent fan mail to not him, but Lin-Manuel Miranda, because I felt that that was the easiest way to express my appreciation without tagging them on Twitter 65,000 times. <laughs> um, please pay attention to me. Hey, at LMM, please look at me now. Sorry, sorry, I just got angry because he wasn't looking at me. Sorry, guys. My, my dear son, who I raised from the tender age of zero. Who, who, <laughs> I, who I gave birth to jointly with Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's another creator that a lot of people have a parasocial relationship oh, with. Oh, God, because he is, the, he is the creator that falls into the earnest oversharing category. He is so passionate about everything that he's like, I want to share it with all of you. But he's like older millennials so he doesn't quite understand the zoomers and nope. how they like you know handle that sort of thing yeah i cannot speak to zoomer parasocial relationships no, I think i've uh, i've observed it but i have not i mean i have seen um like i watch a lot of youtube because as we mentioned in our previous episode do we have a two hour long episode about people i don't know who they are and i don't care yep watching that while i work it's great i love doing that stuff i like certain i like creators on YouTube who do these long form videos, not because I'm obsessed with who they are as people, but because I like this this journalistic aspect to what they do. I like how well thoroughly researched it is and, and stuff like that. But I, yeah. I can't imagine being obsessed with a YouTuber to the point of like following their every move. Yeah, I like the content they create. And if their personality is great when they present it, that's a bonus. You yeah. know, like I brought up ContraPoints in our last video, but like I love the video she makes. I think she makes cogent, intelligent points. She's yeah. also, like, six feet tall and super hot. And, like, I could just stare at her all day. And, like, and the odds of a situation occurring where you and ContraPoints would be in the same room in which it would not be an unbalanced situation, a.k.a. like not. a live stream or, like, a podcast or something or, or like, a, a fan meet and greet would be next to none. You're right. Next to none. Next the to And I love that. I'm exactly. Thrilled exactly. about that. <laughs> the thing is, is one of the things about parasocial relationships is, by definition, it is an imbalanced relationship. Oh, yeah. You believe you have a relationship with this creator online because you are watching parts of their life that you believe as an individual that others do not have access to. Millions have access to this information, but you believe that you are you are alone in this sharing this information. That you have done all of the research. You know exactly like what age they scraped their knee and got the scar on the side, and like you you can tell all of this information, which is why I think Stan is a very apt description of a lot of parasocial relationships because Stan is like your case in point of like a dangerous parasocial relationship but parasocial relationships so Sarah's, Sarah Zed just did a video on this with the McElroy brothers I mentioned it in the last video I'm literally not even halfway through because it's a very long video it's super long I've watched it and I think she did um uh I, I have issues with it um mainly because she's a young creator and I think sometimes she misses some points but I think overall like she did a very good job at examining the unhealthy obsession that that particular fan base has with those ultimately fallible brothers. 
They're yeah, just, I, like, three straight white dudes. Like... <laughs> I think that the internet really loves straight white dudes as long as they're leftists. Like... We're like all of us want to fuck Babish, Brian David Gilbert. We want to just let Bo Burnham rail us into 2030. Like <laughs> we are all in an unhealthy relation. I feel at least with my social circle that I see that it's much easier to fawn on straight ally white cis men because we're like, oh, they're like kind of queer. And this is something that I think Zara Zed addressed is because it seems almost performative in an aspect. And I think a fan who is like a fan and, and is obsessed to the point that would it would never be considered as performative being a perform like binging with babish is performative it's a cooking show bo burnham performs literally like performs like literally performs like music so of course there's performative aspects one of the things about like for instance like bo burnham is that we mentioned in the last episode is that he is in a relationship and has been for almost a decade straight. It's been eight years. That's longer than me and my husband have been together since we started dating. He has been with his partner that long. So the fact that he's writing songs about looking for girlfriends or being in a relation, not being in a relationship or a sexting is just writing a song. Like he's not doing it because he feels it or he relates to it or it's something that's going on in his life. He may be hearing stories from friends. He may be reading articles on whatever, and that's where it's coming from. And I think it's important as a fan to recognize you can enjoy the content, you can enjoy the creator, but you are not privy to their private lives. You have no idea what goes on. Exactly. I think this brings me to something that I have wanted to discuss on the platform, on this platform for a long time, which is the frankly unhealthy parasocial projection that happens with John Mulaney. Um, yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah, it I is agree. such a thing, and it bothers me so goddamn much. I think he is a comedian, and yes. he is a very relatable comedian. He yes. says a lot of things that a lot of people in our age group, millennials and Zoomers to some extent, but, like, pff, squarely millennials relate to. Yes. And he did a lot of content about his now ex-wife, and... A lot of people took it very personally when they got divorced and when he started dating somebody else. But we don't know the details of their relationship. We don't. We have we, no idea. And you're right. Because the way that that information was released, uh, just to give you guys a quick brief rem reminder of how it was released. So went into rehab during uh, COVID just because of uh, relapse with regards to his addictions. Was released from rehab. And then at some point, uh, he initiated a split with his wife. Uh, he was the one who initiated it according to what she has released. Um, and now he is in a relationship with Olivia Munn, which, um, if I found out like from my, like from my family members that my cousin, whose wife I was a very big fan of, like I, me and me and her got along. And I found out that my cousin went to rehab, was released from rehab, got divorced from his wife because he didn't want to date her anymore and immediately started dating somebody else who was like, you know, m more popular or hotter or whatever, what have you, um, I would be like, mm, that is not a great look for you. I'm not happy about it. Like, and I, I feel the same kind of disappointment with Don, John Mulaney and his choices. And I fully acknowledge that I have no say in his relationship whatsoever, but it felt kind of like a betrayal on behalf of a fan. You're like, Hey, you joke about how good your wife is all the time. Why the fuck are we dating Olivia Munn here? Like, yeah. And like a lot of people did take it very personally. 
Like, a lot of people took it super, super personally. And I can understand that, especially since this is the image that he has portrayed. But it Mm -hmm. is the moneymaker. The moneymaker to be relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Relatable content is what sells. Not to be cynical about it or anything, but um, as a person who, you know, like, as a person who has, like had substance issues like you know like not to the extent that he has but like you know like like problematic relationships with substances you know sometimes you keep around people who enable you and you know like we don't this is pure speculation but like this is like you know we don't know that maybe like him being in a relationship with uh his wife was a problem and the thing is is it People can get divorced for any reason at any time. If they got married in the state of New York, New York's a no-fault state. You can get divorced for any reason. You don't have to provide, a, uh, like, anything other than irreconcilable differences. They did get married in New York State. <laughs> yep, so then they can get divorced with no worries. Uh, there are some states where there are fault states. I worked for a divorce lawyer for, like, almost a year, so, like, I'm pretty well-versed on this stuff, guys. <laughs> yeah, and I'm but... also a child of divorce, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, like, I think that... Um, like, that's a big example of, like, a parasocial relationship. And we feel this with comedians like yeah. like John Mulaney, like Bo Burnham, like, um, I don't know, uh, a lot of people really, a lot of people really love Louis C.K. because he was a relatable dad and then he was a sex pervert. And, you know, and there was a visceral disappointment about that one. Well, that's the thing is that with Louis C.K., it was a different, because the thing is, it was because this is this is gonna get into a weird spot because I feel like so many comedians are just like, hey, so they're horrible, and I'm like, mm, that's great. Um, like, uh, man, I I have a like you like you as a person, you feel like there's a judgment on your choice to listen to them as a comedian. I thought Louis C.K. was fucking hysterical, and I always appreciated his humor. I do not like the idea of him like you know jerking off in front of female comedians even though he asked their permission I feel like I don't know how you would respond in a situation where you have somebody as famous and big as Louis C.K. and you'd be like hey can I jerk off in front of you you'd be like I uh excuse me like you don't know you can't respond in that situation but that's an intense it like a lot of people when humans are fallible you know yeah um we feel the parasocial relationship sets you up for a fall. It really does. Mm-hmm. Because um, we project this image of perfection because we want a perfect relationship. We want something to fill the void. And then when somebody is human, I mean, like, when somebody, like, makes a mistake or makes a misstep or does a bad thing, we think it's a reflection on ourselves. We're yes. like, oh, I, I am a bad person because I, in good faith trusted this person you put trust into a person you don't know yes there's not a big separation of art from artist no it is it is when you like a celebrity uh whether that be an actor a singer a dancer a comedian a visual artist what have you um you feel as though you are an advocate for that person you have to speak on their behalf for people who don't like them like and i am and like this is uh like this is something that, like, has been contentious with people I know, but I do tend to separate the art from the artist. I think that art can be objective. I mean, like... 
I I hope Roman Polanski dies, but Rosemary's Baby is a great movie. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's, and that's the thing is, um, I think that parasocial relationships inherently don't separate art from artists. They, they tie the two so closely together. Like, this is why I think um, my example of, like, a really intense parasocial relationship that I've seen is uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Uh... Because people do not give... People believe this man is truly the god of mischief. Like, this dude just showed up from fucking Asgard. And everyone's like, his name isn't Tom Hiddleston. His name is Loki. And it's like, he is... No, no. Like, he's not. People are really weird about him in general, though. Because um, I saw a production of... I saw a production of Betrayal that he was in. And he is dating the actress in that movie. Uh, not movie, the play. The yes. Zal Ashton. He is, uh, they're in a relationship. And people hate her. They're like, she's a talentless hack. And I'm like, she certainly is not. Like, I'm sorry that you, like, hate the fact that, I'm sorry that you're racist and you hate the fact that Tom Hiddleston is dating a black woman. Like, mm-hmm. and he's not dating you. You well, weirdo. that's the thing is when people start dating, like when a relationship happens in a celebrity culture, there's a judgment that's passed because we have been so part, so, so much of a, our lives has been celebrity worship. So like, you know, TMZ has existed, tabloids have existed before the advent of creator center centric content. And now, you know, paparazzi are just different now. They operate in a sm- marginally different way. But I just... I really had a point and I cannot remember what I was going to talk about, but I do want to say that because this has been something that is in our lives forever. Oh, Keanu Reeves. This is who, this is the fucking internet's husband. Okay. So this is my point on Keanu Reeves. Is Keanu Reeves truly like attractive? I think he's hot, happy. He's in a healthy relationship. Am I happy? She's tall. Am I happy? She doesn't have like the most perfect, like, like it's not like she's not dating uh, a Victoria's Secret model. Am I happy about all of these choices? Um, 100%. Will I be upset if they get broken up? Mm, I really can't, like... The thing is, is I feel like Keanu Reeves' life is literally on display. Like, from the moment he started acting, they know about the most traumatic moments in this man's life. Like, imagine knowing that your most traumatic moments in your experience are just easily Googleable things that people could read about and therefore sympathize with you and kind of create this pity figure that you are when you try to move on from that shit every day. Dude, and the bar is on the fucking floor. It's like... <laughs> Mariana I, Trench. <laughs> seriously, I... In hell. I love, like, I have loved Keanu Reeves in the role that he's been in. I am very happy that he is dating, like, a normal person. People act as though it is, like, the second coming of Christ because he is dating a woman who is age-appropriate. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, guys, 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 did you hear? What? What? Oh, my God, what happened? Keanu Reeves is dating a woman within his age range. I'm... I'm sorry. I am performing heart surgery. Are you shitting me? (laughs) No, it's... I just killed a man. No, like... (laughs) Mama! Um... (laughs) But they do, they and they, it's, it's, you know what, that's a really funny joke that you just made, because people now, currently, have formed a parasocial relationship with Freddie Mercury, who's not even fucking alive. Yeah. People form parasocial relationships with deceased celebrities. Like, people will talk and hype up, which I don't disagree with the idea that Freddie Mercury and David Bowie and Prince were icons of of a queer nature that we will we have yet to see on the millennial scale um and i'm jealous about that not gonna lie i want some queer icons like prince david bowie and freddie mercury wow what a nice mix we got right there 
we don't got that shit yet, but we will probably. Somebody. Um, somebody's no, got to step up. Yeah, I like, like, by all, like, 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 I adore Freddie Mercury. I think, like, in his life, he was just a swell dude who just loved cats and his boyfriend and, like, exactly. wanted to make music. Exactly. But, like, it's like, you know, he was a performer. And, um... I mean, the same thing, though, with David Bowie and uh, and Prince is that, yes, Prince definitely did, like, the like the idea of what gender is and, like, what men can wear and still be, like, hot as hell. Like, Prince fucked with that shit constantly, and I love that. David Bowie, amazing. My star god. I love him. But they're not, they're these, like, the, like a lot, one of the things I've heard about is this, uh, when Freddie Mercury and David Bowie, like, wrote Under Pressure together... And yeah. how, like, they definitely fucked, guys. I wrote fan fiction. We've done it. It's here. It's 38 pages, single-spaced. I was told to double-space. Fanfiction.net does have a kilobyte uh, maximum, so I had to uh, change it up, guys. Uh, and I think that that's something... It's With parasocial relationships, it is not strictly reserved for current, alive, young people. I mean, parasocial relationships exist for fictional characters, for actors playing characters, for long-deceased historical figures. I have literally watched a professor yell at me because some other, like, we were talking about how Shakespeare possibly could have been gay. And she was like, no, I have spent my life studying this. How dare you tell me he's gay? As if it was an attack on her, you know? He was queer, but besides the point. I mean, this was this was college in 2013, but I it was definitely phrased in that way, and I you know not not a super great way to phrase it. I'll but admit. Here's, but here's the thing: we will never know because Doesn't he's matter. dead. Exactly. All that we have are his plays. Let's and, and his sonnets. And Let's his just sonnets, research yeah. this, and like that's all we need to do. Like we don't need to do some speculation because there's no way to confirm any of this information. And I but think. The, yeah, I think, sorry to interrupt you. I no, think you're good. that I think that speculation is fine in private spaces. Yeah. I think it's fine. Like, if you and me want to have a private conversation about how we think, oh, maybe such and such celebrity is bisexual or is dating this person or is whatever. Yeah. Like, that's fine because that's a private conversation between you and I. But, like, I'm, like, aside from in a joking way, like... I'm never serious about any speculative statements. No, yeah. You know, like, like, I, like, it's wrong, I think. Like, and I think the parasocial relationship has, like, given, has emboldened people to, like, cross boundaries like that. Like, if, if I were a celebrity, or like, uh, okay, actually, strike that. I'm not a celebrity. No, Um, really? (laughs) Really? Crazy. I know. But, I... I am, you know, like, I'm bisexual. I'm open about that. It's fine. But if a stranger were to come up to me, like, like, I'm in the grocery store and a stranger comes up to me and is like, and it's like, you look really gay or something like that. I'd be like, I beg your pardon. Like, you don't, but people feel, or like, or like, you, you would look really like, you would look really hot with such and such. Or like, I see what you're wearing today. Like, this means blah, blah, blah. Um, I would be very taken aback, and I would be like, excuse me, sir, we are in ShopRite. Like, what? <laughs> Leave us alone. Leave us uh. alone. Like, but people, because of the nature of parasocial relationships, and because people feel as though they have a special, con- a special bond, unique connection with these people, they think they can violate boundaries like that. They think they can speculate on their personal life. They think that, you know, this person 
um, uh, to use an example, um, yeah, I guess the McElroy brothers or whatever, because, uh, no, actually, we'll use a person who isn't very open about their personal relationships, because the McElroy brothers do podcasts with their wives and talk about their children and are very, like, open about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, Gerard Way, very private about his personal life. Yes. Um, if somebody, like, people would regularly violate his boundaries and be like, talk about his wife or try to talk about his child or, like, whatever. And, like, you can't do that. People are still people. If you wouldn't do it to a stranger that you don't know, or if you wouldn't broach the subject with a friend who isn't ready to talk about it, what makes you feel as though you can do this to a person who has, you know, given you content but hasn't given you the entirety of their person. Like, just because they've given you content does not mean they've given you the entirety of their personality. Like, it's not their whole life. No. You don't know them. No, exactly. And actually, this was something I wanted to circle back to because the idea of a a person approaching you and telling you, like, you would look hot with this person or that person or you'd look hot in this outfit or whatever. Which happens. (laughs) This is something that parasocial relationships... Um, with men, and I think parasocial relationships with women are in two different spectrums. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. So let's talk for a moment. Um, In Inside, Bo Burnham has a section where he's live streaming on Twitch-ish. Like, it's kind of like he's playing on Twitch. And uh, he's not, uh, obviously. It's special. Um, But he recorded himself as the streamers on Twitch stream. And uh, it is definitely something that, for me, I don't watch Twitch. I don't really subscribe to Twitch unless I am watching this one guy named ZFG. He does uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time speedthroughs. And I just like watching those because I just like, I give commentary like I'm watching a sports game. I'm like, okay, so personally, I wouldn't have taken that route, but I think he will be getting the, uh, the I think he'll be getting to Goron City like probably like the next five or so minutes. What do you think? Like, <laughs> this is what I do. But here's the thing, just to, just to like qualify that for you before you continue. Yeah. Um, that's content based what you do. That's yes. not about the person who's playing the game. It's about the game itself. Absolutely. And ZFG doesn't show his face and he barely gives any commentary. It's mostly his uh, communication within the chat. Now you have a creator like Pokimane who is, um, I don't know. Honestly, I've looked her up exactly no times in my life. Nobody has released a two hour video on her. So therefore I know nothing about her other than she streams on Twitch and people pay her thousands of dollars in tips, I guess. It seems scary for me to her. I'm worried for her. I hope she is safe. Um, Please let your dress never be released. Um, It seems unsafe, though. It seems that a parasocial relationship from a man to a woman is inherently more dangerous than from a woman to a man. I obviously that is not a definitive fact. That is my experience. I am not trying to excuse away any sort of woman who is a fan of a male creator who would then harass and upset them and try to explain away their behavior as being like, well, it's it's not, it's it's better than a man harassing a woman, you know? Well, yeah, because I think, I think that's true in like this country. Yes. I think, I think that's true in America. Yes. Um, to circle back to an episode that we did a few episodes ago in like the Korean pop industry. I knew the, you were going to mention yep, that. <laughs> yeah, I know because... It's where I'm at right now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I'd love to hear. This is something okay. I think is a good point. So um, there are these things called say signs, which is like a derogatory term for like an obsessive fan. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, I mean, there are like male fans who are weird about female groups. And oftentimes it's like 
deranged female fans being weird about male idols. And like, yeah, I've seen, I've literally seen pictures of uh, somebody would screenshot a text message that they were having with a, another person and they'd post them up on uh, Reddit. And um, every time I've ever seen one of those exchanges, it's always, always been, especially it's usually between two women and it'll be one woman trying to convince the other woman to start, and woman, by the way, it's not, it's not teenage girl, it's a adult woman. woman. Women, it's an adult no. woman. It's, it's hard. It's hard for me to admit that, but these are adult women. No, they're adult women because in, um, because in like East Asian countries, you know, like teenagers don't have time to do this shit. Like, it's, like, college students and people with jobs who have time to do this shit. Yep. Yeah, and, like, in those contexts, it's, like, female fans who are convinced that, like, this male idol is her husband or something like that. And, like, in the United States, like, male, like, male fans of, like, female gamers, female YouTubers, like only like we're not even gonna get started about on only fans because that's a whole other episode but like yeah <laughs> oh this is what we're gonna do is like oh my so God. Then we'll just do like several episodes in a row about the fucking pitfalls of fandomhood and like parasocial relationships is truly some of the hardest parts about being in a fandom because oh, you have to talk to people who will like let's say you are just a legitimate fan of a creator and their content but then you're starting to talk to someone about how oh my god did you see their new house um they have a new baby on the way and you're like why the fuck do you know all this information what? well I was in, um, you know, as I mentioned at the top of this podcast, I have primarily been in creator-based fandoms, a lot of music fandoms, and there were, and, like, when I was younger, I would, like, make myself privy of this information, um, because, you know, they're the kind of obsessive fans who compile information about celebrities, they're like, it's all publicly available, and I'm like... What kind of publicly available? Are we talking like 10th page of Google search publicly available? Are we talking about the Google, you know what I mean? Um, Or are we talking about you went on their Twitter and you scrolled for four hours until you could find some information about them that you didn't know? Exactly. Like, it's, um, like, I will give, um, I'm trying to think of like, because I've been in so many, so many music-based fandoms, but I think that like, Paramore is a huge one because people yes. are obsessed with Haley Williams, yeah. obsessed with her. Um, people track down where she lived. Like all of her addresses are available online. All and of Taylor, rough. all of Taylor Swift's addresses are available online. Yes, like if she's got like nine houses, she's like stupid rich. She's gonna be guillotined. But like, <laughs> um, um, we'll miss you. Well, we'll miss you. Folklore was great, but folklore was uh, awesome. But we must, we must appease the masses. We okay. must appease the masses. But all of her addresses are available online. She has men- She mentioned in her documentary that she has come home and there have been people waiting in her bed. Yeah, like, not a big fan of those things. Um, not a big fan of, like, that action. Not a big fan of anything like that, guys. Um, so, like, in... So, I think definitely in our country, like, because of the power imbalance... Yes. Like, um, a male fan to a woman is much more dangerous. I, personally, yes. if I were a Twitch creator, I would just have a day job. 
and not mm. get all my money from Twitch. Yeah, personally, I would never do a brand deal um, because I think creating content is fun, but there is a level where it surpasses fun and it becomes your livelihood. So you feel that you need to churn out a certain amount of content and you need to make a certain amount of money because you've been making a certain amount of money. You have to pay taxes that you didn't have to pay before. It's a whole, it's a whole life. It's a whole experience. Yeah. It's a whole thing that I don't want to do. I think capitalism is bad. I do appreciate... Uh, you know, things like watching people stream games, especially for those who cannot afford such game systems. They're yeah. great. Those people are doing the Lord's work by showing me exactly what I'm missing in Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate because I can't buy a fucking PS5 right now and I need to know why Yuffie's here. But, yeah, but again, but, it's that's about content. And I think it's great that you bring up capitalism because so much of parasocial um, interaction has to do with the exchange of capital. Yes, because exactly. people, um, I would, um, you know, I'd see this about the return of My Chemical Romance. People were upset because they weren't doing interviews about it. They weren't talking about it. And I was like, the guys owe us nothing. They owe us nothing. They owe us nothing. And people yeah. were like, I have invested money into this. Therefore, I am entitled yes. to knowledge about this. And yes. like, you made the choice to invest money in this thing. I also think there's a disregard for the humanity of others. Uh, I think that parasocial relationships don't acknowledge the human. So like in any friendship that most people have had, there have been good parts and there have been bad parts. Nobody's friendships, relationships, familial relationships even have been a hundred percent good or a hundred percent bad. There's a lot of gray in this, in these areas. And with a parasocial relationship, I would almost like to quantify that it, every time somebody is obsessed to that point of standing, it is, entirely only in the positive like with tom hiddleston if you'd ever like googled tom hiddleston like we're talking about his heyday like right after thor the dark world and we're all like "Ooh, long-haired tom love it and then you realize it's a wig um like i i mean it's just it's unhealthy to know so much about someone that doesn't know anything about you if you can't if you know everything about the kardashians because you have watched all 20 seasons of keeping up with the Kardashians. First of all, I'd like to hate you a little bit, um, but I'd also like to acknowledge that the, the parasocial relationships and the idea of living this life unedited uh, is almost entirely due to the idea of uh, like the Kardashians and how famous and how popular they are. And it's just so, oh, it's horrible because they edit their life to such an intense degree that it's become their life. And then for other celebrities and other creators and other music personalities and things like that, when they edit their life or don't post about it at all, in the case of Bo Burnham, people feel as if they have been robbed of an experience of being able to know information about said person. And uh, speaking as somebody who's been obsessed and in love with a lot of different uh, creators on YouTube and celebrities and actors and musicians and gamers and whatnot, nobody owes you shit. Uh, that is not you. Like, you owe yourself things. But in terms of, like, information about someone else's life, you you are not entitled to any of that information. It's not entitled to be shared with you. You don't have... A celebrity doesn't have to post about their life online. The fact is, most of it's done without their consent or authorization. Exactly. I, like, I think every human being, like, every celebrity who creates content is entitled to privacy and dignity. And, like... You know, they don't 
no one is obligated to share anything with you, like, regardless of celebrity status or not. I feel like privacy only... Privacy only extends to, like, the anonymous sector. Yes. I feel like if you wouldn't ask it of your coworker, I don't think you should... Like, that's my policy. It's yeah. It's like, because... Say you have a coworker that you exchange niceties with, but you know nothing about their life. You know nothing about their home life. You two work in the same space and you go home. Like, <laughs> at best, that is the extent of a relationship you have with a celebrity. At the very best. It's actually really funny because social media has enabled parasocial relationships with other people on our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and what have you. People who are barely even considered anything more relevant than, like, the guy who works at your local deli. Uh, exactly. Like and you have, and you become invested in your friends and f- friends in very in very thick quotes because these aren't your friends. Like I went through my Facebook very recently. Uh, sorry, last year, two years ago, who knows? Whatever. I went through it and I deleted over four hundred people because these were friends from high school who I had not spoken to since high school. And there's no reason for me, if, if Facebook exists just as a way for people who were formerly in my life, who are no longer in my life, to keep tabs on my life, maybe I shouldn't have it. And Facebook people, is not that anymore. Facebook is just an exchange of political ideas. But yeah. that is why I didn't, don't and go on Facebook anymore. People are so weird about it. People want access, unfettered access, to the lives of others regardless of how well they know them all the time. Like, I periodically go through my Facebook and delete people from it. It's like, if I haven't spoken to you in, like, six months, like, I don't talk to you. Yeah. Like, you know. It's something that, it's it's hard because of the idea that Facebook was all about people who know you. And technically, if you did speak a year ago, you know each other. If you saw each other on the street, you'd probably recognize each other. But if you're not going to talk on any co- sort of consistent basis, why is that person entitled to your life? I mean, if, if, we'd think, if we were to think about it another way, if we were to like go back in time to the 80s, my, the only people who ever saw their, their friends from high school were at fucking reunions. Yeah. Unless there was you... nobody. There was nobody who was like, "Oh my God, did you hear about Harold? Oh yeah, yeah." So I live outside his house and I follow his every move. Do you know that he purchased expired cookie dough three days ago and got terrible food poisoning in the bathroom for six hours? I couldn't believe it. And I you couldn't go, believe it. I was right outside. I was right uh, outside the window. The noise is insane. Um, but there's no. If you went to your high school reunion and said that, you'd be like, "You, you've been living in front of a man's house." But well, I, I wanted to know. Like. I, I unfriended someone and they fucking messaged me about it. Yeah, same They here. were like they were like, What did I do? And I was like, I I, not, I not don't talk to me. I don't talk to you. You are a friend of a friend of a friend. I see you at parties occasionally. Yeah. Like, I think why that... do you why do you get access to my life? And I feel the same way about like celebrity culture. That's why I said at the top, you know, I'm 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 not celebrity positive. I'm not celebrity neutral. I'm celebrity negative. I and don't I, like. I do not want to meet you. I pretend I do not see it. I think that it's just there's no cure to like parasocial relationships. It's something that what is is good to create the idea that you don't know. Like continue to enforce the narrative that there is a whole lived experience outside of what is shared online. Exactly. In Inside, just to kind of like wrap this back to the previous episode, uh, there's a part where Bo is like got long hair, long beard. You can tell this is like maybe towards 
the end, end of, of March. Season. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say like things are like the vaccine has been announced and it's rolling out, right? Okay, so he talks about how real human-to-human tactile contact will kill you, and the real world only exists as a performative space to create content. And he said, one should interact with the real world as one does with a coal mine. Suit up, obtain your goods, your coal, your your content, and then return return to the the surface. surface. And that is, and I think that while obviously that is said with the heaviest sense of, of sarcasm, it is... It is true, and that is how people interact with the real world. People no longer go on trips because they want to experience a new place. They want to be Instagrammable. They want people to enjoy and devour their content. And uh, in doing so, you create a fandom that follows you that obsesses over your every move that you post online. But if you're having a breakdown and you're not telling anyone about it, they won't know. But even if you do, they will then take you as a human and create this kind of martyr figure as, wow, you speak for all of us, Bo, which is what I literally just did in the last episode. But he really, it's really something where appreciate the content for what it is and separate the creator's life outside of it. Yeah. The creator owes you nothing as a human other than the content they create for you. Yeah. And you didn't, like I've been, yeah, like I've been reiterating throughout the course of this episode, you didn't say that because of who Bo is as a person who was born in Massachusetts and moved to Los Angeles or like whatever his story. I know he was born in the Northeast. I don't know much about He him. was born in Hamilton, Massachusetts on <laughs> August 21st, 1990. He was born to... No. Okay. <laughs> actually- Leo Virgo Cusp. Anyway. Uh, so, um, but as I'm saying, you, you're not saying this. You're not saying that he is speaking for all of us because of who he is as a person. You're speak- saying he speaks for a lot of our generation because of the content that he has put out. Absolutely. And that is what is important. The artist is not important. You know, I am not, like, I'm an interesting person to, like, like, I've been published and I, like, have my music out there and people listen to it. And we have, like, a small but steady reach with this podcast. But I am not intrinsically interesting as a person other than to my friends and family. I am inter My content and the content I collaborate on with, you know, you, my closest friend, is you know, what's important. You know, that is what is valuable. That is what is interesting. I am not interesting, you know, like, and I don't want, well, you know, like, I'm not interesting to, like, Joe Biloxi on the street or whatever. But, like, you know, I think that what I make is more valuable than who I am. I agree. I think that with this podcast, this is why, like, I don't like to focus too heavy on our personal lives. Because no. I think that what we talk about is fun. I think it's it's a it's an engaging conversation that I'm having with you. If others find joy and want to agree or disagree or they enjoy just the, the banter between us, that's fine. I enjoy I enjoy doing this with you because it is a exciting thing for me because, you know, it's it was it for me it was a safe haven during quarantine. But if people were to start following my life and then be like, why can't I find anything about you online? And then I look at them and go, because I have specifically cut myself off from online, uh, other than this idea of posting more anonymously, because I think that the internet is not great. I think that the internet's a dangerous place at, at its core. It is something that does not facilitate a healthy relationship with others, a healthy relationship with yourself, and a healthy relationship to the world. I think it is it is at its core probably the worst and best thing to happen to humanity 
thus far with regards to this idea of I don't you know how like some people will talk about a utopic society I don't think that'll ever happen when there is stuff on the internet that can just be the most horrific horrible shit in the world right you know here's a here's a healthy breakfast sandwich you should kill your mom here's why people never date you like it's it's true there's just access to everything and there's no reason for one to engage with the internet as heavily as we all do uh, especially on the person-to-person -person level when you have people in your life text your friends and I think that you gotta take a break when you can. Just watch something. Go outside your house if you can or your apartment. It's it's just hard, man. It's so hard. Like, God, can you imagine just being a person and then just having a swath of people follow you and, and find out everything about your life that you've ever done? Like to say something like, you know, in second grade, they, uh, they actually cursed out their teacher and you go, where the fuck did that story come from? How did anyone hear about that? You know? Yeah. And like, I think the, like the expectation of people to be perfect and the expectation that, um, you know, anybody who is anybody who is outside of your own personal sphere, like belongs to you in some way, like nothing is yours. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, no, I, I completely agree with you. I really like, and, uh, not to drag generations into this, but I think it's just getting worse. Like I really like, um, because it's becoming your, uh, what we said in the middle, it's a form of capitalism. It's a form of capitalism. Like they're, um, it's happening. It's happening with social movements. It's happening with, um, like, it. It's happening with culture. It's happening with like, people are so intrinsically tied to internet and how we project ourselves. And like, you're right. Like, life is not being lived. It's like you're supposed to live your life. Like I, mm. like, as I as I've mentioned in many episodes. Megan and I talk almost every day, but like sometimes we'll text each other and it'll be like five hours between text messages or something like that, or like a day or something like that. Because like we're of a generation where like I misplace my phone and I go and do something else. <laughs> I will literally be like, where did my phone go? Is anybody seeing my phone? It's on silent because I have a baby and I don't want to wake her up. So could somebody like call my phone, but yeah. also like keep an eye out, like feel around for yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's me. Like, I don't have a baby, but like, I, you know, I cannot tell you how many times, like, like my phone I find, only exists on vibrate. <laughs> my phone only exists on vibrate. And how many times I type, find my iPhone in oh. like a fucking day. Like, I have, I specifically got a watch that has a find my phone feature because I was losing it so much. Um, <laughs> exactly. But that, and that's not even to say like, oh, we're superior to you. It's just like, we're not, you know, like I definitely like. You know, I am I am barely superior to a lightly seasoned bowl of oatmeal. Yo, big mood. Like, <laughs> big fucking mood. Huge mood. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh man, that's a good note to that's a really good okay. That's, that's a great that's note to end on. Yeah. Isn't but like, it? I feel like I feel like personally, in terms of I'm certain like most of these celebrities as well, if you were to like sit down and like try to have a conversation as you as a person, if you were to go down, like let's say you, you, you I'm sitting across from Bo Burnham and I, I would be like, so I love your stuff. And he'd be like, thanks. And I'd be like, so 
I wanted to discuss exactly why I believe that the timeline <laughs> to, dra- to drag this back to a point that I made at the very beginning to like kind of tie this up succinctly like sitting across from a person I did a line reading with Lily Rabe Lily Rabe is a fantastic actress you know she's uh, she's really beautiful she's really petite long long blonde hair beautiful woman it's like you're like sitting across from her and you love her oh amazing but She's just a regular person. Like, she did her lines, and she was checking her phone periodically because her boyfriend was on a plane, and she was nervous about it. Like, she was, and she would periodically point at dogs that were walking by. Man. And, like, A, immensely relatable, but B, like, she wasn't, like, I've had similar interactions with friends. Like, she was just a person. And, yeah. yeah. It's, It's something that... Celebrities aren't your friends, unfortunately. Creators no. aren't your friends. I don't want they them to be my friends. <laughs> they provide great contact content for you to consume and enjoy, or great acting, or great directing, or great music, or, or great art. But they are not there to exist for you. Um, their content exists for a larger audience, absolutely, but they don't. Uh, and I think that one of the things that fandoms in general, like plural, all sorts of fandoms, can acknowledge is that while we are all happy that we have these fandoms that we love and obsess over, I think it, it definitely does help to acknowledge that, like, you know, uh, the people who created them are just people. And they're not going to be our best friends because they're not our best friends. If they were going to be our best friends, they already would be. Like, that's how it works. Either you are friends with someone before they're famous or you're not friends. You're not just going to meet fucking like Eminem on the street and be like, hey, are we going to go get brunch? And he's going to be like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah, goodbye. Um, but yeah, so like in conclusion, um, like just be careful. Like be careful with who you attach your interests to. Like have a healthy distance from things. I think that's really important and be rooted in your own life. Yeah, And not exactly. in the lives of others. God, that was a fruitful discussion, my dear. Right, right. We're so, this is good. This is going great. I feel like having a break um, and also letting my baby get a little bit older, that helps too. Yeah. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty loud when they're like young, young. And when they're a little bit older, like uh, like you, you just like, like let them take naps. Like that's a pretty cool thing I like. Like naps are longer when they're older. Uh, and then they go away for many years uh, until I guess like, you know, whenever Call. you want to start taking naps again, man, take a nap. You know what, guys? Take a nap today. (laughs) Take a nap. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask. (laughs) Um, Also, uh, don't maybe like take a break from the internet for a moment, you know? Yeah. Clean your house or go for a walk or do something. After you listen to the podcast, like go lie down for a little while. Yeah. Don't do anything. Go take a walk. Go get a cup of coffee. Go Yeah. Whatever you want. Just remember, guys. Uh, I actually don't know any of you, and therefore you have no say in my life. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. All right. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Bye. Bye.